Welcome to Spiritually Raw. We expose and explore controversial truths, myths, and theories surrounding the spirit world. Guests include QAnon experts, investigators, debunkers, and skeptics of the supernatural, unexplained, and flat-out unimaginable. Content discussed on this show is not necessarily the opinion of the cast of Spiritually Raw, and topics quite often are for mature audiences only. This show is not intended to replace any medical, financial, or legal advice, and is for entertainment purposes only. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Hey, everybody, what's going on? I know you have a show to watch, so let me get real quick into this with you. Okay, so Ascended Masters you're watching right now, browse, select, ascend. It's very easy to use. All you have to do is scroll down here. You're going to see the different categories, sessions, courses, products, entertainment, books, conscious business growth. All you do is you simply click on the category that's resonating with you or that you're in need of, and you're going to see a video directory of some of the greatest minds out there. And within five to seven minutes, you'll find out who that person is, what their style is, and if they're going to help you on your your journey called life. It's a very easy, very easy formula to follow right here. And also too, if you're one of those who does have a product or service that you think that will be a benefit to others, and you'd like to be on Ascended Masters, our email is in the description below. It's askspirituallyrawgmail.com. We'll set up a time to chat and see how you can make a difference in the world for people. So hope you enjoying the site, everybody. Thanks for sharing this and much love to you. And most importantly, enjoy the show. We'll see you next time. Hello, everybody. How are you? And welcome to Spiritually Raw. And as always, thank you so much for your energy exchange with us today. We hope you woke to the most miracle morning and are also having the most fortunate day today. So our soul sister in the house today with us is Catherine Edwards. You're absolutely going to fall in love with her. If you don't know her already, we actually got the privilege to be on her show. She's quite the gracious host. Very Yes, really excellent. good. It's good to have you here. Thank you very much for coming back in. And uh, for those of you who don't know about Catherine April's going to tell you about her in a minute. If you haven't already, just take a minute to hit the subscribe button. Turn on that notification bell so you are aware when we get great guests on, like Catherine. And remember, you'll watch this episode completely uncensored at spirituallyraw.live. All the other links are in the description below. Am I missing anything? Uh, just make sure to, if you haven't already, please do subscribe to both of our Telegram channels. We have the channel and the group chat. That's really where we post everything. And it's uh, it's great. So you'll never miss a show. And um, if you like this show, which I'm sure you're going to love it, please do hit the like button and the share. Both of us, all three of us would greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And our pets. And oh my gosh, we're going to be talking about pets today. I'm so excited. Um, okay, so for those of you that are like, who is this beautiful lady? Well, let me tell you, if you haven't checked her out on YouTube, one of the very few people that you haven't out there that haven't seen Catherine Edwards, make sure to check out her YouTube channel. It's going to also be in the description below. Um, Catherine Edwards, she's an interviewer knowledge seeker and truther. She's also the founder of Catherine Edwards Academy. She's a private therapist offering a range of unique and truly holistic services for animals and humans. And if you're an animal lover, then you're really going to love this. Both in person, she doesn't and remotely anywhere in the world. If you're looking and seeking to improve your overall health and vitality. And also, I thought this was so cute. You can buy Catherine an herb for her rescue animals and just go to buy me a coffee forward slash Catherine E. And I'll also put the links in the description below along with her YouTube channel. Um, that's so cute. That's oh, so thank you. Well, thank you so much for sort of having me today because I love your work and I loved our chat last week. So thank you so much for inviting me on today. It's a pleasure. It's good. It's like, good vibes. You know, it's like, uh, it's, it's a great time to just 
see the great vibes, feel the great energy with collective consciousness happening. And, you know, just, um, I think this is how we get to do our job the best, but let's dive in and get more enough about us and <laughs> about you. And uh, we'll dive in right there. So therapist and animal communicator. I've always been so fascinated with that, the animal communication. And when people, when you do go to her website, you're going to see pictures of her with the horses and everything like that. How do you, how do you get there? Like, how do you, how do you get from, okay, well, I'm a therapist, right? I'm and I'm really connecting with people, but okay, let me, let me see let what me the animals, the animals. Like, how do you shift the animals? And then, and then did you have to break any type of linear type of thinking yeah. to say, let me, because oh, yes. I'm talking to humans in a way to be able to do that. And what was, what did that even look like? Oh, so many great questions. Well, I've always preferred animals to humans, I'm afraid to say. In fact, people sort of say, what have you learned since you've been involved in the truth of community, which I started at the start of the you know what um, that we're not allowed to talk about. And the reason I've always preferred animals to humans is because animals are so authentically themselves. There's no side to it. They're very much in the moment. You know, we talk in spiritual development about being in the present moment and animals really are in the present moment. Yes, they do absolutely carry trauma with them, which I'm sure we'll come on to talk about. That's um, interesting. But I've never heard it before. Yeah, there's no side to them. They're, they're very authentic to who they are and they're very non-judgmental. They're, they're interacting with you on where your energy is right here, right now. So I find they're the best teachers in the world. And I've always, I was very lucky. Both my parents were mad on animals. Aww. So I grew up in a household of animals. And my mother was, is the type of person that will rescue any animal. Um, and so I've grown up in a family of real animal lovers. And I think every single child can communicate with animals. Mm -hmm. So when we're young, we can use all these parts of our brains that as we get older, we're told are ridiculous and, and sort of shy away from in, in some societies, obviously not in all. And with my passion, as I, I sort of did biology at university, absolutely love biology. I mean, I'm one of these people that loves studying. I love learning. I'm an eternal learner but I like to learn through a mixture of theory, but also practical implementation is so important. And when I left university, I really wanted to work for animals, but I'm so old. When I left university, there were very few jobs that you could do. You either went into um, you know, animal research, which was absolutely no way. Mm -hmm. You could do a lot of animal behavior studies out in the jungle, which I would have loved to have done because I'm obsessed with monkeys and apes, absolutely love them. Um, but um, so I went and got a proper job and to cut a long story short, when I had my children, I thought, you know what, there's something missing in my life. I've never been in a job I don't like. And I've had so many careers um, because I love learning and I've got quite a low boredom threshold. So I've never been in a job I've been really miserable at because I'm the very much type of person. If I didn't like it, I'd move or do so or change. But when I had my children, there was a real awakening in me in terms of I've got to get back to working with animals. You know, this is my passion if I don't do it now. So I started training in a lot of alternative therapies. And the first one I trained in was animal iridology. Have you heard of iridology? iridology? That's one of my questions. What is oh. ideology? What is it? Iridology. I, I, iridology? 
Yeah, I mean, the, in the UK, we tend to say iridology. I think in America, a lot of people say iridology. But, um, it's basically the study of the colour part of the eye, the iris of the eye, to detect inherited strengths and weaknesses, um, the current state of health of the mind and body, and also developing conditions that the symptoms haven't shown. And I wanted to do this with animals because I thought when I go to start really working as a therapist with animals, I really wanted to understand the root cause because I've, I've always had rescue animals, always. And I was so frustrated with the way modern veterinary medicine, modern human medicine was going. And also a lot of so-called alternative therapies where they were always putting a sticky plaster over it, but not really addressing the root cause. And then, you know, they say the eyes are the window to the soul and they so are. So if any of you watching, if you haven't really experienced that feeling of staring deeply into another person's eyes, or another animal's eyes, it's incredibly vulnerable, isn't it? You're putting, you're really yeah. opening up your soul. And um, anyone who knows about reflexology, in a nutshell, iridology is all the nerve endings of the body end in the iris, the colour part of your eyes. And so by reading the eyes, a trained iridologist can basically tell the root cause of so many health imbalances. You know what, can, can, can I just tag on something you just said? Yeah. Um, when my mom was she went through this phase where she was not doing well and she was having like things that we couldn't describe like tremors and stuff and she was through every doctor every mri every cat scan every this every that i mean it was like endless for months and months and months and months and months and then we took her to the eye doctor because she had uh she needed her glasses fixed or something like that we were at the doctor's office, literally puts the thing up to the eyes. And he said, we need to stop this. We need to take your mother to the hospital immediately because she's been having, um, like there are many, many strokes. strokes. I forgot. Yeah. TIAs. TIAs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the light bulb went off. I'm like, that explains everything that she's been going through. And we literally uh, had to leave the eye doctor, took her straight to the emergency room and the shifted everything. So in the, wow. in the year that, we going in and out of having diagnosis that were never right. The eye doctor, five minutes, nailed it. Yeah, you're so right. And, and the thing I love about all the complementary therapies, when they're done in the true nature of complementary therapies, as you are really embodying what we, the true meaning of holistic. And what we mean by holistic is you're looking at the organism in its entirety, but also in the connection with its environment, which I definitely want to come on and talk about because it's absolutely crucial, never more so than now. So when you're working with iridology or the other therapies that I work with, what I'm looking at is I'm not looking to name and diagnose disease, which is a completely man-made definition that often doesn't address the root cause. We're looking at where the imbalances are, where the inflammations are in the body, so that you can put it right from the root cause and understand that everything is linked. So, you know, most, most women know if you've got bad period pain, you'll get lower back pain as well. But you could go to the chiropractor and say, I've got lower back pain. But if they're not looking at the health of your internal organs and state as well, you could very easily misdiagnose it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I just love working with animals. And why I say I do work with humans as well, because obviously the humans have to make the decision 
to come and see an alternative therapist and also the humans have to very importantly make decision about are they going to make the necessary changes in their animals lives or their own lives to address what we find so it's very much a three-way process between the human carer for the animal the animal and myself when you um when you really um sweet. dive into this uh start getting into the connection with the animals and the humans so you're looking and i just want to try to paraphrase so you're looking in the animal's eyes from yeah. there you're able to do this and um you know just to take a look at the root cause so uh thank you for uh actually validating the animal communication because i've always wondered like hey how do you you well, really the animal communication thing, right? is different. I yeah. don't do that through the iridology, so we can come on to that. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. Awesome. So, so when you're actually having that conversation with the human, so when the when the human is there, the does a human need to the pet owner, if you would, do they have to be connected to what you're doing first? Not just paying the bill, but do they actually have to be able to be like aligned with it? just as much for this to work for the animal so they don't block it, so they don't block it. i mean is there a yeah. sense where you feel like okay well i gotta have someone take care of the animal but the humans kind of be in a pain does that block yeah. the healing that the animal can get it absolutely can and i'm in a very lucky position because as a therapist i can be quite choosy about who i work with now because obviously when you've built up an established reputation you can be and and um so i do lots of different therapies and they all fit together but sometimes people are drawn to one more than the other so my scientific friends really struggle with animal communication but they can get the iridology a bit more because I can show them the grids and I can physically show them the marks and back it up with a lot more research. It is still very much a, a balance. The iridology, all complementary therapies are a balance of sort of science and intuition. Um, but with the animal communication, which I, I tend to offer the whole package, but if I'm doing distant work, I often won't do the iridology unless people can take really good cameras. When you're working with the animal communication, you're literally just like telepathic communication, you're tuning into the animal's energy fields and we all do it differently. So myself, I feel everything because I've got a biological knowledge. I can tune in and do a body scan with the animal and pick up exactly where the pain is. And then I can go deeper and sort of put my biological knowledge and sort of say, is it the spleen? Is it the liver? Is it whatever? But other people hear voices, other people hear visions. But what's really interesting, what you were just saying there, Jay, is that the animal owner or parent, as I like to call them, has a huge impact because the human energy field is huge. And when we're having animals living in a human environment, it, we know that um, dogs, for example, the Heart Math Institute has studied and dogs and heart horses have got a huge heart energy field. Mm -hmm. And if the owner isn't open to working with them, that can affect the communication that the animal will tell you. So my first job, my responsibility is always to the animal over and above the human and to put across stuff that the animal feels safe to tell those humans. So early on in my career, when I was more sort of accepting everyone that wanted to book me, when you're building up your business and your, your skill set, sometimes you go out, this happens probably more with horses than any other species, and the owner will have an ulterior motive. They might have an expensive horse that's got health issues, which means they can't necessarily compete anymore, 
And they might be making a decision that if they can't compete it and use it for what they want, that they might have the animal put down. Now, in that case, the animal knows that and they're going to be very cautious what you tell. And I, as a therapist, have to be very cautious because my duty of care is to the animal. So they, they know that they're, human. they're picking up the conversation that they may. Oh. Yeah, so it can be very complex. And the other thing I love, and I always warn my clients with this, because every just like if you've got best friends that you speak to, you might have best friends, but you might you have a different relationship with different groups of friends. So there's some friends that I might talk more about medical issues with. There's some I might talk about my husband. <laughs> there's some I might talk about, you know, different aspects. You, you, you resonate differently with different people. And that's the same with an animal and an animal communicator. So, you know, it's always about asking permission and always making sure you're doing it with the animal's best interest at heart. But what I find fascinating but also quite heart-wrenching really is the fact that animals they know everything about us humans mm -hmm. so most of the time they will it's quite difficult to get an animal to talk about themselves because um there's always a lot of overlap between what's going on in the human's life and the animal's life and it, particularly with medical conditions often you often find uh an animal might have, say, a dog with skin conditions, which is unfortunately very common at the moment. When you start um, communicating and working with the dog and finding out what the root cause of that, you always find there's a link with what's going on in the human's health. It's absolutely fascinating. You know what? I have this leads me right into the next thing with my mom. Um, she, when they, they got the crystal, the dog that we have now, uh, she was a puppy. Right. But they were in their 70s. No, they were. They were in the 80s when they got her. So obviously there was a point in time that she was coming here. Right. Um, and that point in time did come. So she's here with us now. But when she was with my mom, because my mom had a lot, always had ulcers and intestinal tract issues. The dog, Crystal, took on all of my mother's intestinal tract issues. Yeah. And, and when Jay and I um, inherited her. It took us literally probably a year to um, release or have her let go of all of the, you know, we went through like a million different ways. We'll try this, we'll try this, we'll try that. But she literally was taking on my mother's ailments. That's yes. So number one, why do they do that? Is it, do they do it consciously? Do they do it unconsciously? And is there any way to block that? Yeah, the really, really good points, all of those. Um, I've had quite a few discussions recently. One of my pet hates, and it's very much a personal belief system that I've got, is this human-centric view of the world. So we see a lot of people um, that sort of are in our world that, yes, I completely believe that human consciousness can change our reality, but I also believe that all my cat's consciousness can. I believe that all animals have the same ability that it just might be expressed in different ways. So every species has their own special gifts. You know, I've spoken about before, I can't migrate on my own by flying from Canada to England like a Canadian goose can. So we've all, every species has their own special gifts. It would be very useful if I could at the moment actually, So, but I can't. Now, I think what happens in my experience, and I've been doing this a long while now with the animal communication, is you know that um, when you're looking at your own health issues as a human, 
the universe, if you don't pick up on the early warning signs in whatever aspect of your life it is, the universe's messages get louder and louder and louder until you make the necessary changes. So you find it a lot with humans where they've got health issues, where there'll be a few symptoms and they won't make any changes, particularly in the modern world where we're taught to pill pop and cover up the symptoms. Well, the same happens with our animals is if they're picking up stuff from the humans, it, every animal is very individual in its personality and some animals, particularly dogs actually, genuinely want to take pain away from their owners. Mm. Not so much cats, you can hear my cats going mad at the moment, they're in all my bags. Um, I've got loads of bags of herbs there. Um, but also some of it is an energetic transfer by the fact that they're in our environment with us. So it's almost some of it's conscious from them sometimes, but some of it is unconscious in terms of energy will always regulate. You've got the two tuning forks. And if they're in that dominant energy of the human, they can't help but absorb some of it. Mm. Um, so what I find really interesting is when I'm working and again, every animal communicator will have different things that they pick up what I often pick up and I always warn my clients says is if you're having a session with me only have someone else in the room or on screen if you're happy that anything gets said because the animal will often pick up health issues emotional issues spiritual issues anything in the owner and often if the owner then addresses those the animal's problems go away wow. um but equally, the owner's making decisions. So if you don't know how to feed yourself as a human, you're very unlikely to be thinking about how to feed your pet appropriately. Exactly. Um, I want to I want to get into this part with you uh, mm -hmm. of who the animals really are for us. Okay. So a lot of people yeah. kind of really want to wrap their head. So um, is there any part of you that feels okay? Well, we got these animals that teach us how to love. They teach us how to telepathically communicate. Yet, you know based on where we're at in society, you know, we put them on a leash, mm. often they're crated, whatever happens to them, you know, we've all seen those stories and sometimes they never end well. Is there, are they, are we, how do I phrase it? Are we supposed to be treating them like, and I know we should like any, any living thing, if you would, but the fact that we actually quote unquote, treat them like in a traditional term of an animal, should we yeah. be more like, these are literally angels and we need to be cherishing and do that. Do you think that's the reason that civilization in general as we're experiencing right now meaning the human race is in such disarray because these are really gods and goddesses and little forms that have come down to teach us how to love teach us how to telepathically communicate absorb our illnesses teach us those things but yet we put them in a crate oh, <laughs> and, yet, and yet we do that do you think that's why the human race is suffering so much or like 90 percent, so much of the world doesn't have as much i don't know your thoughts on that I could not agree with you more. And you've expressed that so beautifully, Jay. Now, for years, I've been having these conversations with people. Um, and it hasn't sometimes hit home because we hadn't got into the 2020 scenario where most people, a lot of people in the Western world, of course, this is a generalization, but a lot of us have had free choice over lots of aspects of our life. And my job for the last sort of 15, 20 years, in various degrees the main thing i do i have this range of tools that i use but the main thing i do is to help the humans in the animals lives to see the world through the animal's eyes and what the animal needs not what the human thinks it needs and i've had some very interesting consults this morning on that 
So when this whole scenario, and I, I hate this talking in code, but we have to, this whole scenario <laughs> of 2020 hit, I was probably one of, apart from other things that were happening in my life, I was one of the happiest people ever because I was thought, here you go, now the human race has to listen because we have been doing this uh, consciously or unconsciously to all the other species on the planet and in various degrees. I mean, obviously everyone's got their own boundaries and standards and we always look at it from what suits a human, not so what suits the animals. So crates are a classic example. When I grew up, no one put their dogs in crates. Now they do. Exactly. Now, sometimes there's a safety issue that you have to do. So, you know, if an animal's flying on an aeroplane, it needs to be kept safe. Um, if you, I had this conversation with some friends last night on a video, you know, if you're live, if you've got a dog and you live and you're walking it near roads, you, you might need to put it on a leash because you need to keep it safe because it's not used to the cars and it's going to get run over yeah. or, or lost or something. But my whole purpose of being is to help people see the world from the animals things and understand the bigger ramifications of that. So I 100% agree with you. I think that animals are absolute angels here to teach us how to be better humans. And there's nothing that expresses the connection between all living things, nature, and you know animal life and I always say we're just an, a, an ugly animal because I think anything furry with a tail is more <laughs> you know is perfect um and of course scaled and feathered as well um oh. this is the, this is our little inheritance <laughs> beautiful absolutely beautiful so I think it's absolutely important and I think we can have these conversations now so I'll talk in code because of certain trigger words yeah. we can't use but let's look at the issue. Do, do you know what I mean if I talk about the party substance? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's so much knowledge now about what's been happening at that. But yeah. look at what happens if we send an animal. Doesn't matter whether, well, it does matter. Of course, quality of life is nice. But the argument I get from everyone is, oh, this is a free-range grass-raised um, cow um, that's had a lovely life. Right. And um, but therefore it's all right to put it I'm send it to the house. Right. And I'm like, well, that's absolutely fine. And I completely respect if that's your belief system, but give me your children, because your children have had a lovely organic free-range life. Give me back, give me your children's whole class. And what I'm going to do is put them all in the lorry together. I'm going to drive them often for hours with no food, yeah. ventilation and water. Oh, and they're going to line up and they're going to see all their friends going in and know what's come out. But don't worry, they've had a lovely organic free range life. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe in nature. Yeah. Animals eat other animals. But if you look at most native cultures, you know, you look at they a lot of the traditional hunting was a no fear hunting so they didn't have those raised levels of adrenal right. hormones right yeah and therefore you know one minute they're happily grazing and then the next minute they're gone and of course it upsets the herds but if you watch the herd will settle down very quickly again afterwards so I'm not saying no personal animals should eat other things. I've got five cats and three dogs and I feed them meat because dogs and cats have to eat meat. Mm -hmm. um, but I, as a human, have a choice not to. Mm -hmm. 
because mm-hmm. I, I am in a lucky enough, privileged enough position that I can make choices for my nutrition where I can choose to keep myself healthy without doing that. Now, some people aren't in that position, fine. So going back to what you said, I know it's a long-winded roundup, but I think for me, this whole awakening period of what everyone's been discussing about over the last two years is going to be the biggest step change in raising consciousness to how we keep and interact with animals. And, you know, there's a saying in the UK, I don't know how many people around the world do it, but, you know, how a nation treats their animals is a very good indication of their consciousness. And they I certainly don't say that here. I've never and heard they that. Really that, is, that is very That's well spoken. That's really, really so true. Word, words are so Why that is uh, wait, my turn? All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, two things. You had mentioned in the beginning of the show that am, animals carry trauma. I want to talk about that yeah. in a second, which I never heard about that before. But um Do you think all the things that we've seen with the children and the things that we can't really talk about that, you know, how they've been underground and tormented and caged, is it because of what we've done to the animals? Like we're doing it to them. So why would some other entity not be doing it to us, putting us in cages and, you know, raping us, pillaging and so forth and so on? I strongly believe my belief system is yes. And I've been seeing this for years, I mean, ever since I could remember, and I I couldn't understand why a lot of people don't see it and how you could differentiate between any sentient being. So anyone who's had a pet hamster, I mean, people who know me or watch my channel know I am absolutely obsessed with my guinea pigs. (laughs) I don't care what species it is, they're all sentiment, sentiment beings. And anyone who's, I'm a biologist. And when I trained as a biologist, we were, and I specialized in animal behavior, we were very much taught that you mustn't put human emotions on animals. But anyone who's ever shared their life with animals knows that's ridiculous. Anyone knows that their pets feel jealousy. Mm-hmm. Everyone oh, knows yeah. that they pecking order. Everyone knows they feel pain. Everyone knows that they can pick up on your sadness and your joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just ridiculous what we're taught. And I think you've hit on such an important point, April, because if you're prepared as a human at whatever level to turn a blind eye to this for your own consumerism, whether it's what products we choose to put on our hair and looking at myself on camera, I should have put something on my hair <laughs> it's wet and windy here um or makeup or food choices or um you know there's all the stuff that's come out about Anthony Fauci and the ex- animal experiments mm-hmm. I'm sorry there's not a single adult that's got access to a computer screen that doesn't know that these animals and we so much of our lives as humans we choose to turn a blind eye mm-hmm. and everything of that for me is bringing up a karmic um you know loop right uh, and you cannot pick and choose compassion you can't pick and choose right and wrong you can't pick and choose that that suits me and that I'm just going to turn a blind eye and unfortunately when you do as a species it comes back I mean I just I know I talk a lot but no, you know, great. This, is great. this is fantastic I was talking Thank today you. to a, a customer actually a client really lovely lady and I was like yeah the the thing is with humans um we are I deal with a lot of people with horses and the way most humans keep horses is 
absolutely atrocious. It doesn't meet any of their basic physical or emotional. They're like stuck in a little box like this where only their head can stick out. Yeah, just horrendous. And one of these, uh, this lovely lady, she's just moving to a new yard and the yard owner who's doing their best. So I'm not saying this is deliberate cruelty at all, but keeps all the horses separate because she says every horse has a different energy and sometimes their energy might not mix, so it's safer to keep them separate. Well, horses are herd animals. Mm. Look what's happened to us when we've been isolated. You oh, know, so exactly. They get depressed. Who you share. So to keep a herd animal isolated, you know, we put humans in solitary confinement when they're rapists and the worst possible punishment. Mm. And in, and in nature... Any pack animal or a herd animal has to take the whole pack into survival because otherwise their species or their pack or herd will not survive. Mm -hmm. And so many humans just take their own needs into survival. And if we look to, you know, us as integration, we talk about all being connectedness and connected consciousness and, um, you know, tapping into the matrix, but we don't live like that. We don't, our, our actions don't bear that out. And, and often I think the animals can show us far easier about um, the benefits of actually really understanding that we are all connected. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Um, thank you for sharing that. That was very eye-opening. Um, so, you know, they've taken this concept and I'd love to hear your perspective on this. They've taken this concept of when you're training the dog, the best way to paper train or, or house train the dog is to stick it in a crate all day. If you leave for the house, leave during the day or whatever. And at night when the poor little thing is just brand new born, right? And, but even though it's crying and you're trying to sleep, but to put the dog, the new, brand new puppy in the crate and it'll, you know, it, you'll train it that way. And you can hear the poor thing crying. Yeah. What is your philosophy on crate training and before you answer that i want to tag onto one thing if you could tag onto this for me if someone creates their animal because they have to go to work forever should they actually own an animal absolutely spot on no they shouldn't now i'm going to prerequisite this between there's a lot of rescue animals that the choice is um an unoptimum um circumstance or home or death so I do think everything, there's never a right or wrong answer. I personally never created my animals. I never would. Mm -hmm. um, we as a family um, saved up and worked really hard for years to choose a house because I adore cats. I adore all animals, but I absolutely adore cats. And so we work very hard to move house and our house is, is not um, anything, you know, a lot of people would are quite surprised because we choose to have, I wouldn't have cats if I didn't live in a place where it was as safe as possible. Now I have had cats run over on our country lane. Mm -hmm. So accidents do happen, but I personally would never have a cat and keep it in all the time. If I lived in a city and I couldn't have that, I, I wouldn't have a cat because it's not fair because I can't provide it with a life that it needs. But there are some buts to that. So if it's a case that this, this animal's in a cage in a shelter and I've got a lovely flat and I could give it home then, then of course it's much better to be in a flat and cutting that. So coming back to the crates, I think there are times when you need to keep an animal safe. 
so for example if you've got a young puppy and you're introducing it to some other dogs you need to somehow allow that introduction to be controlled in a safe way depending on the temperament and yeah. the experiences of the other dogs but i would never shut a puppy in a, a crate overnight i would never shut a puppy oh. in a crate now there's a big difference between um having a safe penned area right that's totally different to putting it in a cage and there's right. so much like black and, yeah yeah and and i just say to people well, just get in it yourself and see how you feel for half an hour <laughs> exactly so and you, gosh. yeah and your your animal people expect dogs not to bark how do you think they're going to communicate with you and if you if an animal isn't being listened to their communication would get more and more extreme so i personally think it's very cruel to have dogs and i've got loads of clients that do it to have dogs and then go out to work all day and leave them. Mm. But, 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 but I've got a 16 year old lab who's lovely and she's at a stage in her life now where she's very happy sleeping in her basket. So at that stage in her life, it might be quite different. Now I don't leave her all day. I'm lucky enough. I work from home, but she doesn't notice half the time when I'm here. And where's my younger dogs want to be out in this off with me? me. She likes her bed inside. So there's always a bark, but you've hit on such an important thing is, is like if all of those are purely for human right. convenience. You don't exactly. get a baby and shut them in a cage overnight. So they don't make a, a mess. You, you potty train a child and some children, it happens really quickly. And some children, it's a little bit more of a lengthy process, but you go through that process. And with a young animal, you know, no puppy in the wild would be taken, would go away from its mother at eight weeks of age. Would just yeah, never happen. Um, so exactly. you're ripping this puppy away, putting yeah, it in a strange situation. And so then this throwing is it in a cage, a metal cage. Throwing it in a cage. And and a lot of people say, well, my animals love a cage. Well, yeah, there's- Oh, I hear that too. Oh, they love there's, it. There's syndromes. It's like, you know, it's like you saying to me, you know, Catherine, I want to dispute you. Do you want me to punch you or kick you? Well, actually, I don't want you to do either. You know, a lot of times if they're in an environment where they're choosing to go and be shut in a cage, mm. I would be asking mm. why. Now, if you've got their lovely, comfy bed in a cage and you leave the cage door open. That's a different story because you're giving the choice and if you need to yeah. shut it in the cage for a bit when you're cleaning the floor or or some you know yeah doors open and right. that, that's fine so and of course if you've got animals that have been through trauma and have got behavioral issues sometimes we need to keep animals safe from each other so when i get a new animal in i don't just shove them all in together i carefully manage the introductions and make sure all parties are feeling safe and listened to and can go somewhere safe to we and fit everything so i think so much of it we we have learned as humans and as i said when i grew up no one had puppies in cages it just was never, never done it. oh my Didn't god there would be you'd be the talk of the town you'd probably be arrested yeah, and it's like horse riders. It's like they they put nosebands around their horses. They can't open their mouths and they yeah. wear metal spurs. Now, if I saw someone walking along with their dog, jabbing a bit of metal into its ribs, mm. you'd caught them for animal cruelty. But because it's a horse, so when I was running my in-person classes, I'd get the people and I'd literally take their nose shut, take their mouth shut and say, run around that field three times and then tell me how much respect you think I've got for you. 
and yet you say you love your horse and this is what you're doing so we there's so many things in life that we think are normal because they've already been done but if there's one thing this last two years has taught us all i hope it's to question everything and use your common sense just because a a dog trainer tells you this acceptable Mm -hmm. really no you know let me ask you thank you so much oh god thank you for clarifying not only clarifying that but putting the hammer down on it totally next question dog clothes yeah so i'll never forget it it was really my first experience of ever having a telepathic communication with an animal. And this was long before we started spiritual raw. We were had an insurance agency and we were in the financial world and we had a, a business in a strip center. And uh, one of the owners of the strip center always brought their poodle in the office because you could. And then, um, and I would always go in to say, you know, talk, you know, just be next to the dog or say hello to the dog or whatever. And it was Halloween. And the dog was like 13 at the time. And I walk into um, their office. It, it, it was a furniture covering place, a holster. And they said, uh, I looked at the dog and it was in a pumpkin suit. Oh. And it was sitting on, on the desk because she always the dog always sat on the desk. But he looked so sad. Mm. And I was like, I remember that. Yeah. Just people oh my out. god! Yeah, it yeah. was like, and I'm like, like, I don't I'm like oh my that. god! I'm like, what's what's wrong with him today? He looks so sad. And she goes, oh, he's not feeling well. And I got this message, and I'm ne- this was long before we got into any spiritually well. And the dog shot me a message, and he's like, look at me. He's like, I feel, yeah. like, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> like, yeah, oh god. And I'm like, um, it's his pumpkin suit. And she's like. What's wrong with his pumpkin suit? He loves his pumpkin suit. And he goes, tell her I hate it. And I feel like I look like an idiot. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. He hates it. And he feels like he looks like an idiot. And I blurted it out. Like it was just, I couldn't even control it. And she looked at me. She's like, that is not true. He loves it. I'm like, no, he doesn't. I said, he's, this is raw. He's take, he's asking me to tell you to take this ridiculous pumpkin suit off of him because it's making him seriously depressed yeah and i couldn't even control it was uncontrollable it was flowing out of my mouth and um she obviously was very disturbed and i ruffled her feathers great for business relationships that was the end of her i wasn't allowed to really go see the dog anymore after that so um my question to you is people right now are obsessed with dressing their dogs yeah how do you feel from your perspective about that um I think, again, you've picked up on, well, one, you've picked up on some really important things that April. One, you've shown, and it is so true, every single one of us can communicate with animals. And Jay, you asked at the time, and we can talk about this if we've got time, but it's just about quieting your mind so that you can know what's yours and what's theirs, so that you're not projecting your opinions and thoughts on them. So I think there's a huge difference in terms of sort of clothes for function. So take, for example, you've got a dog or a horse and they're in a really cold climate and it's really wet and they're old 
they might want a coat on to protect them yeah. because you're choosing to keep them out in the rain for a two-hour walk. Again, in, in nature, they go and hide under a bush, wait for the rain to pour, and then come out because most animals that live in the wild, yes, all different breeds of dogs, which is another issue because we've bred dogs to... We've bred dogs so that most breeds now are completely incapable of surviving. Yeah. For themselves, it's disgusting. You know, we talk... I'm, I'm going off target, but I'm just going to throw it in there. We talk about these horrendous experiments that are being done with humans, and we think that's awful. Yet we expect think it's acceptable to build to to breed a cat or a dog that's face is so squashed that they can't give birth naturally, they can't breathe, they've got all these health issues because we want them to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. So clothes, I think everything with animals comes down to intention. So if you're dressing a dog up, animals are not toys and they do not want to be treated by toys. We've got a huge thing at the moment where a lot of people who live in cities will carry dogs around in handbags and things. It's absolutely disgusting. And they'll take the dog everywhere in the city and they won't put them down and they don't walk and they dress them up. They're in the groomers all the time, having these ridiculous haircuts. Dying their fur. Dying their hair, using chemical shampoos every week that are destroying their immune system and everything. So if you're putting a coat on a dog so two of my I've got two Romanian rescue dogs they're sisters and one of them's got really long fur and one's got really short and the one with short fur hates getting cold now bear in mind she spent the first six months of her life in a Romanian winter amazing rescue charity with very little fun so these dogs are outside in thick snow with very little shelter and so she's got a real thing about being cold and she loves her coat on. The other dog hates the coat on. Right, right. And doesn't feel the, coat, the cold in the same way because she's got a really long coat, more like a husky coat. So if you're doing it for functional reason and your intention is to tune in with the animal and see if they need some assistance with warmth or keeping dry or something like that, that I think is personally fine. If you're doing it to make them look cute and like a toy, I think it's really, really disrespectful. And just like humans, some will tolerate it, but a lot of animals, like you say, every animal's got a different personality. You know, even my two from the same litter, completely different personalities, like me and my twin sister. And it's about what your intention is. Is your intention to help the animal and to to say put a coat on it and monitor their feedback do they look comfortable are they are they comfortable that are they enjoying the experience or are they saying no or is your intention to have a doll <laughs> in which case get right, yourself a doll. right right um, right can i get some questions in okay now <laughs> all right my turn all right cool <laughs> um so a couple of things well you know it, it, it goes to as we're talking talk about this forever yeah i know really it is it's this great topic it goes to season it's like we as human beings think of them as a lesser species where they're just a species and they're just we're all like there but i think that's that but anyway um flipping back that flipping from that Catherine, something you love so much why do they leave us so soon you know it's what i mean a- why did it what's the what's the what's the lesson there that 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 kind of love can just be stripped away in a second. Yeah, it's a really, really hard one. And I've just lost one of my horses um, who was 30 over Christmas. It's just heartbreaking. I knew it was coming for a while, but it was heartbreaking. So there's a couple of things to that. First and foremost, the life expectancy, say of dogs and cats, is the lowest now it's ever been. 
So in where we are, most people think if you've got, say, a Labrador, most people think if it gets to 14, that's really good. Right. But at the turn of the century, they would regularly live to in their 20s, a dog. Wow. And smaller dogs more. So we are killing them with our care, with the toxic environment, with the food we do, with the way we keep them, with the stress levels, with the over-inoculation, with the chemical flea treatments. We're poisoning them physically, emotionally. Um, I, do, I do a lot of work with Bryce from Esoteric Atlanta, and she rescues dogs from India, or did before this happened. And if an Indian dog doesn't starve to death or get run over, it will routinely, because of their climate, live to 20 so our expectations but that's still not long so first and foremost is just like we're killing ourselves with the lifestyle choices we make we are even worse killing our pets with the lifestyle choices mm. say a typical dog would live to 20 a cat to early to mid 20s which very rarely happens now it's still very early and the only thing i can think of is you know, the, the whole experience of death is, is very, very different. I can communicate and so can everyone else with dead animals in exactly the same way as alive animals. And the one thing I'm really confident with now is animals do not view death as a negative thing. They don't want to suffer any more than we do in the process, but they don't view death as something to be scared of or um to be feared or to be avoided and i believe that most animals truly know that they are a soul a spiritual being having a physical experience and so i think perhaps and i i I've, it's still something i think about all the time and i haven't got an answer for it at all but when i look at my experience of having seen so many animals pass over i think um they are a true living embodiment of the fact that this physical suit that we're wearing in our current lives is just purely a physical suit and they're off onto their next adventure. And my mm. husband, who was very skeptical of animal communication, when we had one of our cats run over, which was just the most horrendous experience. Oh my gosh, didn't even say that. Wasn't even very old and we'd moved house to be in the middle of the countryside and away from any busy roads and everything and we've got fields all around us and they went that way rather than that way. Oh. And I got an animal communicator around who was absolutely amazing and I made my husband be present for the, th the, the session because he was completely sceptical and after that it was a complete convert because he could see that communicating with our dead cat that was telling this person who didn't know us at all, all these things that you could not possibly have known. You couldn't have guessed them. Hmm. And that changed his whole outlook on life completely. So the only answer I've come to at the moment, but if you ask me tomorrow, I might have learned something else that changes it, is the fact that they truly know that the physical body is just a temporary vessel for them to come in and- That's amazing. A certain existence mm -hmm. um so what does it mean to like for for myself for example my dogs at least three nights a week at least three nights oh, a week are maybe more dreams. always in my dreams always every week every week consistently like every other day i can almost count on them i don't even think about I mean, it like talk to them in the dream <laughs> then then they're always in my dreams and then what what is that what is that uh that symbolism there or you know what does that even mean 
Well, for me, again, the way I would interpret that is, and I'm laughing because they are saying they've got more that they need to communicate with you. And when you're in your, in your wake state, that you're not making enough time to do that with them. So our animals are giving us messages all the time, but sometimes we're too busy to listen. Or we might be worried about them or worried about something else or distractions. So the fact that they're in your dreams <laughs> is just they find it easier when you're in that state of, a, of um, mental brainwaves to get the message through to you and for you to actually listen. So what I would be doing if I were you, Jay, is I would be carving out some time in your week to sit there and be present with your animals and and really build that skill because I would say they're needing you and really wanting you and encouraging you to build that skill. You know what, that is so interesting that you're saying that because we obviously work in the house and our whole lives revolve around the dogs, right? Yeah, they're right here. Right they're twenty four seven. It's like how much more time? But but what I hear you're saying is that um, even though we are present with them we are not com telepathically communicating with them, enough. Well, it's like, so, you know, when you see families go out for dinner now and all the kids are on the phone and the adults are on the phone. In fact, my children tell me off because I'm on my phone more than they are, which is terrible. <laughs> I'm always listening to stuff. So you can be physically present, but not tuned in, not energetically yeah, present. I so let me give this example. So I... Well, I did have three horses. I still think I've got three horses, but I haven't anymore in this physical body. But I take them from one field to another because I hate the thought that they're stuck in one field all the day. So I'm very lucky that I rent another field that is absolutely my favourite place in the whole world. Now, to do that, I have to walk them along a country lane and then up a steep bridle path. So when I get to the bridle path, I just let them all off and they will follow me. I don't on the road because a car could come whizzing along and... They get out of the way of the car, but the car drivers are nutters. So when I'm walking up the path and I let them all off and we all just traipse up there off the off the lead rope and everything, and we all know the score and we're all they'll stop and browse on the way. If I answer my phone when I'm with them, Romeo, who all my agents hear me talk about oh, a lot, right, in New Forest, he will bugger off. He'll gallop off because he'll like, don't be so rude. You've this is the <laughs> The small amount of the day that you're oh, with us yeah. and you've answered your phone. So how rude is it right. if you say you're out with your best friend for dinner or out with each other and then you're talking about something really important and the other person's suddenly doing this on their phone. Right. You're like, thank you. How rude. And this is what our animals are like. So oh, I'm not God. saying we don't live our lives at all. I mean, your line there was very lucky. But just because we're physically in the same room as another human or another animal doesn't mean we're emotionally present. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. This is really cool conversations. Oh I have to gosh, tell you, I, I, I really, you. Uh, you know, bless you on your gift and that service that you, you provide for people. So um, we're getting down to the, the ending here. Yeah. And I wanted to, when people check out, go to your YouTube channel and they go to your website where we're going to have all the links in the description below. What experience would you like for them to get out of that when they visit you? I could tell you my experience. Please <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so cute. Like the horses and the animals and it was so energetic and it felt so alive. And it was like, it was so warming and so comforting. I love your website. 
Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And um, well, the experience I'd like to them to get. So I've got two websites. I've got my Catherine Edwards Academy. I've got loads more courses I want to get up there. The next one is going to be animal communication. I've just must free up the time to do it. Um, and then I've got my Catherine Edwards life. And the Catherine Edwards life I started a year ago because a lot of the videos that I was putting up were on a broader range of subjects. And the main experience I'd like people to get to is just that we just to keep questioning everything and keep that desire to be the best animal parent you possibly can. And that means being the best to yourself, because if you're not making, if you're not healthy and happy, that is the biggest thing that will upset your animals, the biggest thing. So I've, I've had to really learn self-care because if not, it's not fair on my pets. If I'm not, if I'm not in the right, physical emotional spiritual state of mind it has a massive impact on them um so that's the main thing is i just say just look at the links and the connections so everything is connected it's a hundred percent my belief and the more older i get the more i realize it's true we are connected to absolutely everything and and whether we're interacting with a human an animal a plant an insect just question and sort of say, you know, what's this relationship here for me to teach to teach me? How can I be a better spiritual being in this situation? How so? For when I'm looking, you know, everyone talks about humankind. I just look at things to say, how can we make the planet a better place for mm. everything? Right on. And when you when you have that atmosphere, you're so much happier yourself. You're yeah. so much happier. Well said, well and not said. to beat yeah. yourself up when you get it wrong, because I, you know, every single day I learn something new about something I need to change um, for how I care for my animals or how I advise the clients. So that I think it's really important that we accept it's fine to be wrong and just to keep that questioning outlook and just to make sure we're sort of constantly looking for that feedback because at the end of the day you get the feedback like you with your dog you were saying April you know we know when we've got it right and when we haven't and if we haven't it's just to keep that questioning thing and sort of say okay there's something really important here I've got to do some work and find out what it is Right Absolutely. On. Thank you for this Thank very, very so cool much. and much needed conversation. Much Thank love. You. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I really love this and appreciate that you uh again appreciate your service on this because this is really important. And uh and I really truly believe too. I believe if we can not look at them as lesser species, but just another species that mm -hmm. we live yeah. with, I think our lives would change dramatically. Thanks everybody. And as you, yeah. Too. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, really, mm -hmm. it should be like that anyway, but yeah. uh, thanks, Catherine. Much love to you for coming out and thank hanging out with so us. so much. It's been yeah. such a pleasure. Yeah, of course. And thank you everybody for hanging out with us as you always do. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you thank so you. much. And together, Bye. thank you. We are turning the universal key to global harmony and creating a unified world. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, tune in often, tell all your friends, and most importantly, May all your dreams come true. Many blessings. I'd like to share a story. While it may sound fictional, it's very real and happening right now in front of our very eyes. It's called the Great Awakening. Our sisters and brothers that come on Spiritually Raw are doing everything to help expand global consciousness. And in many cases, putting everything on the line 
to share their messages about what's happening around the world for the greater good of humanity while exposing the truth of the deep state and the dark forces behind it all. We are living in the most unbelievable times. Some may even say biblical, scary for many and yet exhilarating for others. Together we are taking part in getting everyone acclimated to the great awakening process and the exciting new discoveries that lie ahead. The sad part is many of our amazing guests are being heavily censored, socially shamed and outright banned on many platforms for exposing the truth and piercing the veil. By becoming a viewer, you bring your powerful energy towards this global movement of other truth seekers. If you're resonating with our show, please let us know by hitting the like button, sharing, subscribing, turn on the notification and leave some comments. Together, we will turn the universal key to global harmony and create a unified world. And remember, tune in often, tell all your friends, and most importantly, may all your dreams come true. Thanks and God bless patriots worldwide. Hi, everybody. April and Jay here from Spiritually Raw. Welcome to Spiritually Raw Secrets to Broadcasting Riches. Now, uh, you're probably wondering, why did you guys put this course together? Well, this is truly a compilation of all of our experiences, our ups, our downs, our pitfalls, what's worked, what hasn't worked over the past 10 years. And the number one question that we continually get literally to this day is, how are you guys making money broadcasting. So we figured we'd put together a course because there's no better time than right now for everyone to get off the bleachers and start speaking to help raise the vibration of the planet. So we put together a course that is so easy to follow, but not only is it very easy to follow and it's, and it's our experiences, but in the course, you're going to meet six other people, no, actually 10 other people that took it along with us. They are are in the journey, you're going to, you're going to hear about their wins, their losses, their successes, their pitfalls, and what's preventing them or has prevented them from making money in the media world. So in addition to that, we also understand the fact that we, and we wanted to bring this element to the secrets to broadcasting, which is to you. So for those of you who are very serious about saying, okay, I need to give this a go. I got a voice out there. It's time for me to let that voice loose and share my truth with people. And you also need to know, okay, well, how do I do this so I can support my family and make a business out of this, right? So we also tie in the spiritual aspect of it. So in the course, you will learn the specific steps that April and I use to that we connect with at a divine level to get that inspiration that really fuels us on a day-to-day -day basis that really gives us the creativity we need, that gives us the direction we need, and really also taps us into our future selves to give us the roadmap so we know that we know with predictability what the outcome of these are going to look like. And you will get that same essence and same feeling as we go through this together. Now, this course is for everyone if you're a beginner and you have absolutely no idea where to start or you've been at it it could be for months or years and you're not just you're not feel like you're not gaining any financial traction the easiest way to get to where you want to be is find people or a mentor or experts in the area that you are looking to become an expert in and model what they're doing and model what they've done in the past and this is exactly verbatim what we have done in this master course. We've done this for 10 years. We've taken a lot of that out of the way for you. So you don't have to go through that same 
journey that we have. Okay, you can just go right there, pass go, collect your two hundred bucks, and hopefully a lot Cut more out, out of fat. it. Cut out all <laughs> the fat and everything that comes along with it. This is a really great time right now. We need people out there. We need people out there that are expressing their voices because, as you know, this is what your truth is. What will raise the vibration of the planet? And if we can collectively raise this vibration together, we are going to manifest everything that we're hearing out there. And so, do your part. If this is on, if this is on your radar right now to have your own show to continue your own show and really give it a blast off take this course you really want to take this course because it will give you every specific step that you need and if you like our style which you know you, you probably are right now because you're watching it and much love and thank you for that then just we're sharing everything with you we're putting it all out there for you so click on the link below you know what though yeah don't take our word for it forget about everything we just said <laughs> all you have to do is go down and watch all the testimonials yeah. of the people that have already taken the course and then make your own decision from there yeah all you have to do is watch the testimonials click the link and away you go much love to each and every one of you and many blessings we'll see you next time thank you